Hello everyone and welcome to All Things Watched. In this video we are going to talk about episode 1 of the brand new Netflix original anime series which is titled Blue-Eyed Samurai or Blue-Eyed Samurai and episode 1 was actually titled Hammer Scale and so uh, we're going to talk about the episode and break it down uh, almost scene by scene. I mean, we probably won't put every single scene in there, but we will break down the episode and talk about it as a whole. So, uh, yeah, let's just go right ahead and jump into it. So, essentially, the episode opens with, of course, the Blue Eye Samurai. Now, uh, I actually went to IMDb to look at the cast because I don't think they actually mention the Blue Eyed Samurai's uh, I don't think they actually mention her name in this uh, episode, but according to the IMDb cast list, uh, I believe the blue-eyed samurai's name is Mitsu, or Mizu, I believe is how you pronounce her name. And so the episode opens with her walking in her really cool blue attire. She looks really cool, and, uh, you know, she got the cool samurai hat. And also I think it's worth mentioning as well that this takes place back in the 1600s. I think they said it was 1677 or something like that uh, but while she's watching walking along here uh, there's other words and stuff that are popping up as well words such as like monster and all this type of stuff so we don't really know why or what's going on here yet we just know that there's something obviously very peculiar about this character and you know she's she or uh, he sorry is a very cool calm uh, and and collect but you can tell that they're very well trained very disciplined and definitely knows the way of the samurai so as Mitsu or the blue-eyed samurai is going along his travels he ends up coming to this tavern and of course uh, this tavern has this other older gentleman that's there and he's sort of being really mean to these two girls that are here in the tavern with him and you know he has this gun which I guess and as you can tell as well with it being back in the 1600s you can tell that the gun is very old school you know it's something that probably goes by gunpowder you'd probably have to reload it in order to shoot it again you know it's something that requires a lot of attention a lot of maintenance a lot of cleaning it's a very old uh, antique type gun uh, but anyways this older gentleman ends up pulling the gun on the blue-eyed samurai and basically uh, because the samurai basically intervenes because the samurai is not happy with how he's treating the girls he's very disrespectful and very mean and very uh, you know very evil to the to these young girls which I actually really liked uh, I really liked like the fact that they played into that because there's another scene later on as well which we'll talk about uh, where th that sort of thing happens uh, you know again where there you know well we'll get to that when we get there but there is another scene where you can sort of see how the uh, you know the Japanese women really did not have much you know too many rights or really all that much freedom or whatnot back in this time or back in this era and so I really liked how they played into that I really liked how they didn't shy away from that they really showed uh, showed it what it was now right from the very beginning uh, I will say you know like I've right from the very first scene I kind of figured that this samurai was going to end up being a girl just because of how high-pitched the voice was uh, you know they kept calling him boy and man and stuff in uh, in this first episode as it was going on but it was pretty clear and pretty obvious to me that this was not a man it was a woman and of course by the time we get to the end of this episode it is revealed that this person is a woman so anyways uh, there's you know so the samurai has a huge confrontation with this gentleman it's very bloody very gory this show does not hold back this is an adult rated R uh, series uh, there is nudity there is blood there is gore so keep that in mind if you're watching it don't watch this anime <laughs> around children but you know that's the part 
part of what makes anime so great is that you do have to have that blood and gore and sometimes even a little bit of nudity you don't really have to have the nudity but you know I always appreciate it when they don't shy away from it as long as it use it's used in a way that actually you know actually suits the story and in this case it does suit the story so anyways the samurai ends up carrying on now and along his travels uh, he ends up meeting uh, this friend uh, this guy I, I can't remember what uh, this gentleman's name is but according to the uh, IMDB I I'm not a hundred percent sure if his name is if he's going to end up being Ringo or Seki or Seka or no actually I think he is Ringo now that I'm thinking about it uh, I think this character's name is Ringo but anyways he ends up uh, following the samurai and he's kind of like you know telling the samurai <laughs> telling mitsu that he wants to you know tag along that he's okay with calling her master he wants her to train him now at this point like i said they're still still calling mitsu a man and a boy it hasn't technically been revealed yet that she he is actually a she but like i said it was very obvious right from the very get-go but it was really funny to see uh, their interactions and their relationship especially with how their relationship ends up going uh, by the end of this episode i thought it was really funny uh, Ringo, you know, assuming this is Ringo, like I said, I don't recall them ever actually using names in this first episode, but I'm just going by the cast uh, list, but uh, Ringo is very funny, this character is hilarious, and he re really wants to join the samurai, and the samurai is like, nope, not happening, so the samurai ends up tying, uh, tying him to a tree, which I just thought was absolutely hilarious. Now, we end up going back then uh, and getting our very first real true flashback and we learn that Mitsu as a child or Mizu uh, or, or Mizu, Mizu uh, ends up, uh, Mitsu ends up, uh, or maybe it's pronounced Miyu, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it but well, I'm going to call it uh, Mitsu or Miyu and uh, you know you can tell that this child was very much bullied and they do sort of give you a little bit of hints as to why you know you learn in this scene that uh, she's actually an orphan so obviously her parents are now no longer alive or at least she's not living with them uh, and so we don't really know really what happened yet because we, we haven't got that much backstory you know this is pretty early on into the episode and plus this is only the first episode of the series so we don't really have a whole lot of backstory yet we just know that uh, Mizu or or Miyu is a uh, is actually an orphan right now so we don't really know why but we just know that she was bullied which actually is also sort of uh, makes sense when you go back to the first image that we showed at the very beginning of the episode when she's on her journey uh, you know walking in her attire you know the words are coming up monster and, and that kind of stuff so uh, you know so right from the very get-go she's been bullied and she is an orphan and uh, so then we come to another uh, to the next scene which is still in the flashback which I thought was a very peculiar scene because it shows like a blue asteroid which sort of lands and crashes into the earth and on this asteroid there there's this sort of element or this uh, there's a new element or a new type of mineral or metal uh, that uh, that sort of lands here on this asteroid and so Mitsu and uh, and her adopted father I guess you would say who's actually blind uh, sort of her uh, what she actually calls him sword father I believe they call she uh, she calls him uh, he, uh, they end up taking this, uh, this meteorite back home with them because they are, because, uh, uh, Swordfather is actually a, 
uh, swordsman. He's a blacksmith, and he creates weapons, and so they're going to try to utilize this new mineral, this new form of metal, to create a sword, because it would probably be a lot stronger than anything that we have on Earth. And so that was really cool. Uh, you know, it's just really nice to see their relationship and whatnot. So then we go back to the present day now, and this is uh, the scene that I was talking about earlier, how they do a really good job at leaning into the fact that the Japanese women never really had any rights back in these days of the samurai and this woman ends up getting refused because she doesn't have her husband with him now I or with her sorry and I actually thought that this might have been uh, a point in time when uh, the samurai might have actually jumped in because the samurai does have a good heart she seems to tack up for the underdog seems like she doesn't like uh, you know bullies or anything like that uh, so I was wondering if she might have attacked might not have attacked the guards but uh, I think in terms of uh, politics and whatnot she still tries to sort of stay out of trouble and given the fact that this guy was probably military or some form of you know more of a political uh, authority as opposed to just you know some person off the streets I think this could have been why she sort of held back and didn't do anything uh, but that doesn't mean that something like this won't happen again in the future it doesn't mean that she won't confront this person in the future or whatnot I'm not really sure maybe it was just them simply showing that the Japanese women did not have any rights back then but either way I really loved that scene it was a little bit hard to watch because just guys you know your heart you really feel for the Japanese woman here because she really needs to get through uh, but this guard will not let her I also think it's worth mentioning as well, the animation in this movie is really, really good. It looks really good. It's very clean, very crisp, and, uh, and, and you know, and, and the way they speak and everything is, it's just, it just, it looks really well. It's very crisp, very clean, and the writing is, is very well, uh, too. So then, finally, uh, the samurai ends up getting into town, getting past the guard, and she ends up finding these uh, three people that have these symbol on their, uh, you know, they sort of have like a, uh, like a dojo crest or some form of, uh, you know, you know, emblem on their uh, on their suits, and so uh, Miyu or Mitsu ends up asking them, you know, hey, do you can you point me to the right direction of the dojo? And of course they do. They tell her that it's you know, at first they don't, they don't at first they sort of you know no, they're sort of conflicted by the fact that you know they don't know the person and they probably think that they're better trained than she is. Even though we learned very quickly when she actually gets to the dojo that she's pretty well able to take them all on all at the same time. But anyways they tell her to go and look for uh you know the dojo is up next to uh you know a puppet type thing like there's someone that's doing like a puppet show or whatnot and so of course she ends up going there and she finds the puppet show and they end up telling her uh, or they end up leading her to a brothel now this is once again where she ends up meeting up with the character that I think is called Ringo and so while she's here at this brothel she sort of this is a really funny moment and this is why Ringo has has a really funny moment especially at the very end of the episode uh, but she asks them you know how much would it cost for you to take uh, Ringo in and, and basically you know so that she could get away to distract him and so they actually end up taking him in and it's just an absolutely hilarious scene you know I can't show it here on on YouTube but of course there it, it is a brothel and they do there are two naked uh, Japanese women in front of him and they're <laughs> and they're like you know talking about their bodies and whatnot and he's and he's and he uh, 
and he's just like peaches he's, he just says something he says the word peaches which they come back to later on but it was so funny to see that and his expression he's definitely the heart of the show and, and he's really has a lot of comedy also he has no hands as well which makes me think he must have you know lost his hands either in battle or maybe he got caught stealing or something like that so I do hope that eventually they show the backstory of Ringo and I do think that they will uh, we just haven't learned it yet in this episode but either way he was definitely the heart of this episode <clears throat> excuse me he was absolutely hilarious and uh, I really enjoyed seeing him and his character was just so funny and so fun to watch as well so then we carry on, and then we're introduced to these two characters, which are brand new characters. We don't really know who they are at this moment in time. But all we know is that this is a father and a daughter, and their relationship is a little rocky at best. You know, he sort of wants her to marry, you know, and given that old tradition, uh, you know, of the way it was back then, he's technically supposed to choose who she marries and whatnot. And, of course, she's very uh, picky over who it is. You know, she doesn't really want to just marry anybody. She wants, to, you know, she's very specific and she sort of manipulates her father a little bit by saying you know well I only want you know I want to live close to you I don't want someone that's you know sort of uh, rich or anything I want someone who sort of grew up in sort of like a slummy not slummy but in a very you know unformal uh, very non-formal life you know he grew up as a farmer had to deal with pigs and whatnot but you know I guess her father was already rich and whatnot and already very recognized with his own dojo by the time that she comes around because he sort of implies that uh, you know in their conversation he's like you know you don't really know what it's like to grow up poor so you know you've only ever had everything and so she sort of manipulates him in in a way of accepting someone uh, that she already it seems like she already knows who she wants but she's afraid that the father won't accept it so she sort of manipulates him into accepting the person that she you know you can tell she already knows who she wants and and that other person I think already wants her as well which actually now that I'm thinking about it they do reveal that in the story in this episode uh, when they go and exchange gifts he gives her like some kind of you know you could tell a, it's a very poor type gift and she gives him gold because she's in this rich formal life uh, but her father was not always like that so it was really cool to see that as well and they're really playing into the Japanese culture, which I thought was really appropriate for this type of anime. And so then we go back to the samurai, and we, now later on you end up learning that uh, the father and daughter and the person that she ends up being with are people and members of this dojo. And so she gets here and she comes in. They finally let her in. It takes uh, Miyu or Mitsu uh, some time to actually convince them to let her in because she tells this dojo that she needs to speak to the master and that she has a personal message that she can only deliver personally. Uh, she has to see him. She has to go there and actually uh, deliver it. And of course, this causes a little bit of conflict, but eventually, uh, you know, she sort of gets through to him uh, to some degree, but they never truly actually allows her to go and see the master uh, and, and whatnot so then we end up getting uh, another flashback and I really like this uh, flashback because it shows uh, it shows uh, Seki I, I think his name is Seki who's the blind man uh, and it shows uh, 
shows him teaching her to become a blacksmith so she knows how to wield weapons she knows how to make weapons and obviously she you know obviously she knows how to use weapons too which we already know from her little fight and her little brawl back at the bar and so then we uh, still in a flashback but this time when she's a little bit older uh, then they show her actually using the weapons and she's actually training and this is the first time that Seki sort of uh, figures out what she's doing and he catches her training and tells her that it's okay and that she can train by the night and this is also then when we get the backstory about what really happened to her mother and we learn that her mother uh, well they call them white demons which is simply the white man uh, so it seems like her mother was potentially raped by a, a few white men uh, white male figures and of course uh, which means that Mitsu or the blue-eyed samurai uh, comes from uh, you know that comes from that you know comes from uh, you know her mom being raped by the by the white man and so to some degree I guess you can say if you were to compare this to something like Game of Thrones you know this would basically make her like a bastard child you know she's you know in the eyes of the Japanese people she's an uh, illegitimate child which is why at the beginning of the episode they you know the words are coming up that she's a monster she's a fraud she can't be taken serious and that no man would ever look at her and whatnot so but this is why, because she's frowned upon, because she is a mixed race. She's not full Japanese, and that's a big deal for these uh, people during this time. And so, uh, and so that's basically why you know she was referred to as a monster. So then they go back to the present day, and now the dojo has basically you know getting sick and tired of her still being there and not leaving and still being consistent about the uh, about the <laughs> delivering the message to the master. And so they end up basically uh, basically end up attacking her and fighting her. And of course we know that she is an absolute boss. They don't stand a chance. She literally destroys them all. Now at first she's really only fighting like apprentices pupils and students which are really not that powerful they're not like the master they're not like her they're you know she she gets through them very easily breaking their teeth their bones very bloody very gory and whatnot and then so as the fight escalates then they end up going and getting this other dude uh, or this other uh, you know still not the master but still someone who's a lot higher than the pupils or the students and she ends up fighting him and this time he gives her a little bit of trouble she's not able to just straight up beat him and he actually gives her a good run for her money and so the fight continues and they end up taking the fight outside and when she gets outside we learn that she is actually fighting the blue-eyed samurai is actually fighting uh, with all of her weights still on which is how she used to train as a child as well uh, so once she takes the weights off which is something uh, that used to happen a lot in Dragon Ball Z as well if you ever watched that anime uh, Goku used to oftentimes train with weights not just Goku but Gohan Vegeta all those characters uh, and so in this in this uh, series in this episode uh, uh, Miyu has, or Mitsu has been uh, has been fighting the whole time with weights on so when she takes off her weights she's basically light as a feather and she destroys this guy easy peasy but she doesn't kill him she shows him mercy she lets him live and she just cuts uh, cuts off like sort of like the long uh, hair on the top of his head which was actually really funny so he ends up with a really big bald spot and he doesn't like that 
and I'm guessing it's probably something to do with the Japanese culture. That's probably a big deal. You know, it's probably a part of his training and whatnot. So, uh, I, but I just thought it was really funny that, uh, that she ended up doing that. And so once he ends up losing this battle, then this dojo ends up sending out uh, these four warriors, which I would assume are very highly decorated and very highly trained assassins or something like that, uh, to go after Mizu and to go and chase down the blue-eyed samurai. And they actually called these four assassins the four fangs and that's pretty well all of how episode one ends in terms of the action and the story uh, of course uh, we get one more flashback then of course with Mitsu or Miyu uh, as she is leaving Saki uh, or the blinded uh, sword father uh, that she calls him and you know she's getting ready to embark on this adventure which I assume is what we're watching now in the present day and he tells her to take a sword and she says I already have one which is of course uh, a sword that she was finally able to make out of that mineral, out of that new element from the uh, from the meteorite or whatnot. So she was the only one that was actually able to use it, manipulate it, and melt it. He was not able to do this, even though he tried. He wasn't able to, and that is, uh, and so it was really cool to see now that her weapon is even her weapon is a very special type of weapon from a very special type of steel. And then the very last scene, which is, you know, really when they confirmed that she was a woman, which I knew the whole time. I mean, like I said, because of her voice, I just knew she was a woman the whole time. Uh, I, I got it uh, blurred out there, but they do show it when you actually watch it. Like I said, this show does have a lot of nudity and stuff. Uh, but they end up revealing that she's a woman. Uh, and it, once again, it's the guy that was following her, uh, Ringo. And he looks at her and he says, Peaches, because she's naked. And that's what he was saying about, uh, about the woman at the brothel. And it was just a really funny callback. And Ringo is definitely the star of the show. And I can't wait to see more of Ringo. And I hope he sticks around and actually stays uh, stays with Miyu or Mitsu. And really becomes a you know a full-time character. Because I think he'll be the heart. And I think that he might even be able to teach her some lessons. And she might be able to teach him some lessons. And I think, <clears throat> I think their dynamic would be really good uh, together. Because I've already loved their dynamic on screen. They're very funny. And so I look forward to seeing... Uh, where the story goes next and so with that being said that is episode one of uh, of Blue Eye Samurai. Overall, I absolutely loved the episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought the story was done really well. The animation is phenomenal. The action is phenomenal. Uh, but also the story itself. They really go deep into uh, Miyu. And they're, they're really showing a lot of her history as well as the present day. So the way they're developing this samurai, they're doing a great job with it and, uh, and, and whatnot. So Netflix is really killing it here with this one. And I look forward to seeing the whole series. Like I said, the writing was excellent, the action was excellent, the uh, choreography was action or was excellent, uh, the writing, uh, you know, the animation itself looks beautiful, and it is a very hard rated R adult anime, and so I can appreciate that, and like I said, I can't wait to see where it goes next, and that's pretty well all I got, so that's my review for episode one of New Eyed Samurai, uh, we will review each episode of the entire series, then we'll review the series as a whole, and we'll actually do a podcast of the whole series, and whatnot, and uh, that's pretty well all I got, so let me know in the comment section below if you've seen this episode of Blue Eye Samurai, and if you like it, tell me why or why not. If you like this video, click the subscribe button. If you want to help the channel grow for a second time, like, share, comment, all that good stuff, and help the algorithm. And that's pretty well all I got, so until the next video.